0: to the I Am A Health Visitor podcast. It's Amy here. And Jenny. Hi, and I'm Rosie. Today... Hello, sorry. Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> hi Rosie. Yeah. <laughs> That's all right, sorry, sorry. <laughs> <Lovely>. <laughs> today
1: we've got lovely Rosie with us. Hi Rosie. Hello, hi yeah. ladies. Uh, Thanks so much um, for joining us.
2: Lovely to be here. <laughs> yeah,
1: I, I bore a, everyone a, with
2: sleep so um, yeah, any opportunity yeah, to talk well, about good. it
1: oh perfect (laughs) excellent that's good it's much requested this topic we seem to get a lot of requests from listeners actually on sleep so we've got a few sleep episodes kind of lined up and in the pipeline and we thought um we'd kind of see um where this one slots in but it's great to have your um knowledge as well joining us so thank you for that
2: pleasure to be here
0: no, so it's great because we've been kind of stalking you a bit on uh, Instagram and vice versa, vice few versa. Years. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, would you like to sort of introduce yourself and tell us a bit about um, what what was it Sila always used to say? You know, where who you what, are and where you come from. from? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. well,
2: um, I'm Rosie Whitwell, and um, I used to be a health visitor. I'm still a registered health visitor, actually, and obviously a registered nurse as well. Um, mm-hmm. And then about three years ago, I left the health service um, and did a sleep practitioner course with the Southampton Sleep Service um, okay. and decided to set up on my own. Okay, so now, wonderful. for three years, I've just been helping people. I do I do, do a lot of... Um, I give out a lot of advice on Instagram uh, and Facebook, and people phone me. So I do sort of still do the ad hoc advice as well as one-to-one mm. consultations. So it keeps me on my toes. Mm. Definitely. Sounds
0: great. I can imagine. So that's a really interesting journey,
1: just in terms of the um, kind of journey to like, a careers after health visiting, I suppose. Them as well
2: yes i um I'd been a health visitor for a quite a long time, and you know it just felt there were a few family things going on. My son needed a lot of um lifts uh because of his footballing, so mm-hmm. the sort of health visiting career was you know they were wanting me to do more hours, and I was needing to do less, so I just thought you know let's sure. let's let's try something new, but then I thought, what else can I do? what are we qualified to do? Um, but actually when you think about it it? yeah when you think about it though you know there's lots of uh, lots of avenues you can go down but I just thought you know sleep is something that I you know I've been talking about for years as a health visitor so Mm. um, that was where it started
0: great and because I know we kind of touched on this briefly before we started recording um but it's interesting because I didn't realize you'd done your your sleep training sort of after health visiting Mm. had you done much training in health visiting for sleep or how were you finding it you you obviously have an interest in it how did you find that sort of manifested and what support did you have to develop that in your health visiting role Mm.
2: i think one of the girls in my team who was a um she was actually a staff nurse in the team i worked in banbury she'd been on the course and said it was brilliant she said she'd obviously been um paid for to go on by the trust um but Mm. i was i was a um What's the word? I was a supply health visitor, if you like. So I worked all all around in my last couple of years. Mm. Um, So obviously I wasn't going to get funded for that, um, doing what I was doing. So I funded it myself and, um, yeah, that was was where. But I don't remember having any official... um, Training about sleep no. before I did that, to be honest. So I feel like it is a bit no. of a, a gap, maybe not for all areas, but certainly, you know, and I did train quite a long time ago
1: 1998. <laughs> so, yeah, <laughs> the last century. Well, I mean, we both trained relatively, we did our health visiting training re- relatively recently, um, and I don't really remember it being covered in any kind of very significant way
0: on the training. So I think you're right, no. I think it is a bit of a gap, yeah. really. I th- I think I remember as a community staff nurse before I did my health visitor training we had a day's training that was paid but it was mill pond yeah and I remember us being given those mill pond books but them going through saying oh this is an old edition so you need to update how long we're happy to leave a child crying for and yeah. it's just like no <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
2: and it still says on their website that they're training nhs staff
0: so. yeah 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 because it's really the package cool. that they offer and yeah. so i think it is that easy thing to it's to not what it's not what it
2: parents event. want anymore so it's
0: you know out
1: no yeah and not really backed by the evidence either you know in terms of the evidence base for around attachment I, and, and I infant relationships and that's
2: things. that's a very it, it is a very um it's a very gray area sleep to be honest that obviously some some sleep studies and research would be you know not um they wouldn't be very ethical to to carry out so it can be a mm. you know real grey area and um yeah mm. so it's you have to it's, it's a minefield really
0: yeah it's yeah. certainly
1: very controversial isn't it
0: <laughs> yeah i was gonna say we've got an episode in the bag whether it will prequel this or sequel, sequel this whether yeah, it, yeah. <laughs> um, but um but about sleep training and extinction yeah. techniques and it is that thing where the research was so tricky mm. because I, yeah, there, in fact, there was a study on that, wasn't there, Amy, that we were, like, yeah, oh, a yeah, bit horrified that it occurred. Yeah, there's quite
1: a few <laughs> studies, actually, that I read for it. I did a little bit of a dive into the research on that, kind of the cry-out it out methodologies. So, yeah, we go into the kind of methodological stuff and yeah, um, even, some of the results from them.
2: Even the graduated retreats, which is still yeah uh, talked about a lot by professionals, yes is yeah. not something that i use because well, no. there's no there's no research really that backs it up no, and i've absolutely. found that the the gentle being with baby methods are just as effective so there's no yes, need absolutely. to have that um that issue
1: really um,
2: and even though
1: yeah, my sort of thoughts were my conclusions from the reading the cry out literature um was that although we don't have like you say amazing data and good trials um rct data on extinction techniques we don't have many of them um i suppose we do have quite a big body of literature now around infant attachment and relationships and responsive parenting and all of that type of thing which i suppose you have to kind of factor in as well and i guess that's part of your decision making as to why you don't use those techniques in your work yeah
2: Absolutely hundred percent. So and I've mm. I've just you know, I've been learning on the job as I've gone along really. Um you know you learn just as much from the parents, um, as yeah, they learn sure. from me really. Um yeah. you know, and each each baby and parent uh dynamic is different. So, you mm. know, recently had um a family where the baby was epileptic. So, mm-hmm. you know, that was really challenging not to mm. you know, so again and I just was very honest with the parents and said, you know, we'll be Learning as we go along here, um, mm-hmm. um, and I'm pleased to say that she's doing really well now. So, but that was you know li- literally no no crying, um, you know just Wonderful. very gentle, long uh, you know slightly longer than normal process, but actually worked really well. So and
1: actually I think kind of the quick fixes are never the way, are they really? <laughs> like with any anything we say that all the time in health visiting that the quick answers are never the right ones really it's all always about kind of slow and yeah and not expecting it
2: to be um perfect you know there's still going to be times when they're not um sleeping well for you know whatever reason um and it's just you know it's just a it's never a
1: linear process absolutely it's a hugely developmental thing isn't it i guess sleep um (laughs)
2: Yeah, and all sorts of th- all sorts of things play factor into it. I mean, the obviously the biggest one that parents um, find is teething, um, which mm-hmm. you know illness. Obviously, the mm-hmm. sort of ages I'm working with, they're all, they can often be poorly, especially if they're at nursery and um, picking things up. Mm-hmm. Um, so all it's all swings and roundabouts, really. Sure, absolutely. Realistic yes. realistic expectations, I think, is the key. Is the key key phrase absolutely
1: yeah. realistic expectations and, absolutely.
2: and i i think that's i think that's the thing that um i you know when people phone me up often they've got babies that are still quite young especially now i find with uh, lockdown mm. and not having access to health professionals as much they're yeah. phoning up with what's actually really normal baby sleeping behavior um, thinking that they're doing something wrong Um, when their baby's only taking short naps and you know so i've been you know having to um reassure people that actually it's all really normal and that's obviously Mm. sometimes not what they want to hear um because they do want you to sort it out for them but Mm. so i would and i think unfortunately as you know sleep consultants aren't regulated at all um so anyone can anyone can say they're an expert and it's actually really frightening um, mm, yeah. And you know, vulnerable, vulnerable mummies out there, mummies and daddies that are, you know, prepared to throw money at a problem, and and then yeah. finding that, you know, actually they're not being given
1: great advice. Yeah, yeah. I mean, anyone who can kind of promise to make your child <laughs> sleep, really, yeah. it's mm-hmm. worrying, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. We certainly can't put in guarantees on that.
0: Yeah. It's a very similar thing that happens with breastfeeding. Anyone can call themselves a lactation consultant. Mm. And you get parents who've paid money. IBCLC is
1: protected term, but lactation consultant, anyone can say. Yeah.
0: yeah, and that's the thing, at least with the IBCLC is that protected term, so that's why it's always sort of recommended you look for that term. But, yeah, you get people who've paid for a lactation consultant. Mm. And when you hear what they've been advised and not been told mm. and it's just like you just think oh crumbs you know it's like a real missed opportunity sometimes i did not I guess know it's that knowing, actually
2: so that's interesting
0: yeah.
1: yeah i guess it's knowing your knowing your limits isn't it in terms of your knowledge and um, making sure that you're signposting if you're getting out of your depth really but i suppose yeah. also having the services to signpost into is um, a problem for a lot of people mm, definitely
2: but I think it's it's definitely something that, you know, because there are, I know of a few sleep consultants that, you know, just, they have no background in paediatrics or child health or, you know, and actually mm. l- loads of what I do, um, I'm calling on what I know from before as a health visitor um, mm, or even yeah. when I was a, a nurse in hospitals, you know, all that feeds into how I practise so i think to have mm. been doing something totally different and then just having a, a child or two of your own going on a quick internet course um mm. and then calling yourself sleep consultant you know I, I think it's i think parents need to be very much aware of
1: Cautious who they're working that, with yeah, yeah. definitely yeah. and it is uh, like you say people are at their most vulnerable aren't they you know when you're functioning on zero sleep it's just torturous yeah. so yeah um you know, everyone needs. We need, I suppose, we need better support really at a societal level to know what is normal in terms of baby sleep, and better support for the practitioners that are then yeah you know, more knowledge base for them and more services to recommend into um that you, we can trust NHS services um, yeah. yeah yeah
2: definitely yeah definitely Amy I think that's a r- really valid point that it's just a whole societal. Thing, isn't it and i often mm. um again from when i was health visiting a lot of that whole making a rod for your own back if you giving oh, that gosh. you know i mean that's still out there it's alive and and live I mean, and kicking. Really that thing, yeah it
0: really is yeah it really, it really
2: is. is and that's and i think that's, it... yeah that's Sorry. that's sort of the crux of it isn't it that's you yeah. know, <laughs> where that's where pe- that's where these you know mummies are just picking up on that and oh I shouldn't be picking them up every time they cry and oh, absolutely
1: know. oh I and I mean really this is my personal kind of we've really hit on my personal bugbear here but I just it makes me so cross that women are being made to feel like they're failing because their baby is doing exactly what their baby should be doing and they're responding to it in the exact perfect way that they should be responding to it and yet they still manage to feel like a failure when really they should be you know accoladed as a superhero for heaven's sake absolutely I
2: mean do you find that with
1: the breastfeeding that
2: actually because I you know seeing mums that aren't that are missing feeding cues because they think well they can't be hungry so they're Um, sort of ignoring them and yeah,
0: all the time, all mm. the time, and you just see it how the mums are ending up so tense because they're acting against every instinct that yeah. their body is telling them yeah. to. Yeah. you mad know, and it's just that the mad thing. I remember having doing a visit once with a um, mum with a set of twins, and the lit them was so. Yeah, sort of showing every cue going was getting more and more unsettled, yeah. and she said bouncing him on her knee because she was adamant that he yeah. wasn't due a feed for another half an hour because a maternity nurse had given her this whole routine, and it's just like, oh, oh no, gosh. you know. And we've still got a yeah, long way to go, sort of, we? yeah, yeah. And it just play, it. it's that thing we've mentioned earlier about how it plays to the vulnerable, you know, if yeah. you have underlying anxiety issues where you're just not quite Mm -hmm. feeling certain of yourself anyway Mm -hmm. then you end up feeling damned if you do and damned if you don't really because and I sort of think
1: I think it's it's almost the business of being a mum isn't it is that feeling of anxiety and am I doing something wrong and am I doing everything right for my child Mm -hmm. and could I be doing something better and I think those types of issues really play into those anxieties because you know even if you're feeling confident and you know that you're doing the right thing you can still find yourself doubting you know even with all the knowledge you still find yourself there at three in the morning yeah Yeah, absolutely yeah yeah. yeah, with sleep really you know when you're sleep deprived anxiety creeps in very easily doesn't it and um, Mm -hmm. you can see how mums find themselves looking for that magic wand really so I mean we talked a little bit already i guess about what kind of problems people are presenting to you with um but i mean do you see similar things or different things now you're in private practice to what you saw when you were a healthist do you think or is it kind of fairly i try and i tend i'm
2: i very much focus on older babies and toddlers Uh and children more than the young babies um yeah i don't because waking numerous times a night is completely normal i don't yeah, really yeah. um i don't really i some i will obviously speak to people on the phone and i've been doing that quite a bit recently but i don't i don't really work with them um you know on a sure you know private More basis closely. i just sort yeah. of say look here i send them a few sort of bits of information often and you know try and reassure them see your health visitor speak to your health visitor um mm-hmm. but yeah. I, i sort of don't so i've so obviously that's different because obviously when you're health visiting it's very much you know you see lots of the young babies so okay, yeah see so yeah, i probably point. see more i probably see more older children um as well mm-hmm. than i would have done as as a health visitor um so you know sort of being in a bed and you know being scared of the dark um waking up numerous okay. times a night you know that kind of thing um okay so yeah and as yes, i had not really um come across anything that hasn't been behavioral interestingly mm-hmm. so you know lot the majority of sleep issues are behavioral so uh, mm-hmm. so far i've not had anything that's needed referring on to um you know a sleep service pediatric sleep service but i'm sure that will happen right. but it's obviously yeah. something you know yeah. so in terms of um sleep apnea that kind of thing um you know i've had one child who we sort uh, who was who was under the doctors already for in large Mm -hmm. tonsils and things but you know nothing that's sort of cropped up
1: as we've been going along
0: Mm
2: -hmm. and
1: to be honest that's what's really springing to my mind when you said that is how massively um niche a what's called a pediatric sleep service but is actually a very 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 tiny proportion of pediatric sleep (laughs) issues can be signposted into it so really you know if that's the specialist service that's available in your area and really it's it's for clinical medical sleep problems like sleep apnea for example um i mean are there any other kind of red flags that health visitors should be aware of in terms of like sleep problems that would need referring on to that kind of service
2: yeah i mean i did
1: um the the southampton sleep service sort of up they have an
2: annual update um and Mm -hmm. the last one i went to they were talking about down syndrome and how um I think something like 65%, something in that region of children with Downs will have some degree of sleep apnea. So they're recommending, and what's something that I didn't know is that they're recommending that all children with Down syndrome are referred on to have sleep studies. Um, wow, I didn't know that. true to oh, wow. because it can have such a detriment, detrimental effect on their health if they've got it. Of course. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I suppose I it makes that. complete
0: sense. Yeah. Yeah, it makes complete sense, because we know anatomically the tongue is larger. Yeah. So yeah. it kind of goes without saying that yeah. the the back of the tongue would be larger as well. Yeah. Wow. So
2: Kathy Hill is the doctor, I think, at um, Southampton. So if anyone wants to, you know look into that a bit more if they've got clients on their caseload um that mm. you know that might they're thinking that might be relevant then she's the lady to look up
0: yeah that's really useful. Yeah. Excellent.
2: yeah i was shocked I, was, I, I you know hadn't really yeah thought mm. of that yeah so,
0: no yeah, it's interesting because yeah. i think for i think for a lot of kids with down syndrome they are typically under sort of more of a general pediatric yeah. team aren't they yeah so and you it is interesting things like that where you kind of go oh my god and they're not a tiny tiny proportion of, no. the sort of no, no, work no. and things no, no, most you know, teams have, have yeah children and you, can you can imagine that actually kids.
2: probably some gps and even some pediatricians may be not aware of that so um, yeah it's absolutely a good, yeah 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 and you know there can be no harm in running it past somebody
0: exactly. no definitely that's a really good shout thank you mm. for that yeah yeah as, as things go, it's not exactly the most invasive of tests to do, is it? No. So For so <laughs> no. the security of knowing where they're at, mm. would uh,
2: absolutely. Be something and they might great. start off with yeah. something really simple at home. Um yeah, So okay. you know, it might not mean yeah. something too invasive to start with. You know, going into no. hospital or whatever. So no, that's great. Mm, so that so would they be mostly a do
1: sleep studies then for apnea and and if there's is there any other things that you would think of referring to a pediatric service um
2: i mean some type. i think there are the, a lot of the um, sort of spe, the special educational needs um mm-hmm. children would probably you know if 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 i couldn't help you know straightforwardly i'd obviously they're much more used to the specific yes. issues that that come mm. up because um, there's special, um, you know, you can get equipment that really helps in you know, um, tents to sleep, you know, um, that really help with their sensory issues, yes. and you know, it's all oh, so it's quite yes. it's quite specialist, and I probably you know unless it yeah. seemed quite um, straightforward, I'd probably refer on for
1: something like that. Mm-hmm. You're reminding Maybe. me actually. Sorry, sorry. Yeah, no, <laughs> no, it's fine. I
2: was going, I was just going to say, um, you know, obviously you try the the basic. Um, the basic sort of bedtime sleep hygiene, that kind of thing. But if I think if yeah. you're still having issues, just refer on. Mm. Yeah.
1: yeah. Sorry, yeah, Amy. What were you one. going to say? No, you really reminded me when you said about SEN. Um, I worked in a team um, for kids with ADHD um, for a little while, and actually, sleep was a really common thing that came up really frequently there. Um, and yeah. actually, worked with a, a health visitor who'd gone on to do. Um, more specialist training in adhd and she'd ended up as a um, cns a clinical nurse specialist for adhd and she had sleep training additional sleep training yeah. as well so because that was something that she was seeing so frequently in her role it's it's kind of goes hand in hand i think and um obviously some of it being behavioral as well yeah um, very much so but yes, yeah definitely what, what, the kind of equipment and things one really thing useful. that
2: i really really resonated on the course was that a lot of the things that children and babies do when they're tired are very different from what we do as adults, you know. So a lot, you know, yeah. the sort of right, f- yes. the, fid- the fidgeting, trying to keep themselves mm-hmm. away where we flag on the sofa, you know, they're sure. fiddly, you know fiddling, around fidgeting, on the and yeah, yeah, mm. absolutely. So that's well, quite interesting. I know when
0: I go back to my A and E days, the two peaks of attendances with accidents <laughs> every day <laughs> yeah. were school lunchtime, and tea time bedtime right yes and it course. is that thing of i'm so awake i'm gonna prove i'm so awake and, <laughs> and bounce I'm off the door down the stairs
1: <laughs> yeah and it. it's That's a good point. I mean,
0: even with my two now in mean, my two are 10 and 7 and it's still you know that yeah. thing of yeah they'll be doing <laughs> sort of cartwheeling legs on the sofa <laughs> like come, i think it's time to come up to bed now yeah, no yeah, no yeah.
2: <laughs> i'm not tired yeah. yeah, completely. Yeah, no, that's interesting because I, um, was, I was nursing on a burns unit for years before I did my health visitor training. And mm. we used to, the, a lot of the toddl- lot of the sort of reaching up, pulling mm-hmm. thing, you know, all that, often it's when mums are, and dads are really tired that those accidents yeah. happen. So it's of, often yeah. Yeah. the sleep deprivation of, you know, if, if it, often it's after, if a child's been ill or, you know, they've been up in the night more than usual and those accidents mm. seem to be, much more common in those you know yeah mums and dads are running on all cylinders it's easy to be on top of everything isn't
1: it that's such yeah. an interesting point I guess we know like in health visiting we see all the time the kind of overlap of different areas and different things and how holistic you have to be in order to really make yeah. a difference but I suppose if you were in a minor injury um workshop say or you know trying to reduce your a and e admissions sleep deprivation in the parent might not be the first thing that you would think of but actually that's a really really good point because if you've got a sleep deprived parent then of course there's going to be more more chance for accidents to happen
0: yeah Mm. well it's an interesting thing where i don't know how often health is to look at the time on their a and e referrals yeah if they're looking at the front sheets of everyone who's come through a and e that is Looking a really good point what time did they come yeah. in with it mm. because also there's also issues yeah. around safeguarding yeah they mm. have so seen it used to yeah, delay the presentation so. yeah definitely that's yeah, a really really
1: mm. good point yeah yeah gosh there's so, so much to consider isn't there i know literally yeah. i, I know. mean this is the most open-ended episode ever i'm realizing <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> well i think it's just so interwoven isn't it yeah i think we don't appreciate how big an issue sleep is we talk so much about breastfeeding so much about diet Mm and accident prevention and actually sleep is weaving right through through all all of those things you're right absolutely i bet if
1: you looked at the six kind of high impact areas for health visiting i bet you'd see sleep massively in every single one of them
0: Um, yeah yeah and yet it is one of the high impact but what's interesting i think
2: from um my health visiting days and what i've realized now is mm. that um often when you're seeing mums and dads at developmental checks you're you've brought about that appointment
0: mm-hmm. so
2: when the subject of sleep comes up and they might say oh it's terrible you know with and you try and give them some things that they can do to help often often you you know i remember this you'd phone them up and say oh how are you getting on with what we talked about oh it didn't work you know and it can be yeah. quite you know you think, mm, it doesn't work but actually it probably wasn't the right time for them to even yeah. implement it and i you know i'm finding now what's really rewarding about what i do is you know that they are they've come to you with the issue they want Absolutely. to have the yeah. help
1: that's a really so good point
2: that has really that's made it just you know so much easier in a way in terms of results yeah. anyway
1: There's something in there about like practitioners having their own agenda and kind of tick boxes and how actually it doesn't necessarily meet the needs of the person that's sitting opposite you does it i think particularly with sleep when you're massively sleep deprived and you have a young baby or child and you say and someone asks you how sleep is going you know and and that's loaded with so many connotations isn't it because we know that um you know society is kind of expecting babies to sleep through the night from a very young age and not to wake frequently and not to need cuddling to sleep not to need feeding to sleep not the need to need rocking to sleep all these things that we know babies do need so you know it's i suppose tricky to kind of um negotiate that question without it coming off in support of all those societal expectations and actually the parent is probably hearing that is uh, instead of hearing how does your baby sleep they're hearing does your baby sleep through the night and perhaps you know the response to that is no they don't so therefore she must be sleeping badly and you know that might not necessarily even be something that they want help
0: with they might be totally fine with the fact that they're waking and we know from a fact that, you know, we know from things that we see on social media and stuff that there are health visitors who are giving, and, or members of health visiting teams mm-hmm. who are giving those really unrealistic expectations it's and putting that pressure on parents at Health Review 1 yeah. and talking about, you know, stopping feeding at night and yeah, that, I think there is
2: a massive and it's need. And like, it is that, that thing with this massive yeah. gap. That's why I was asking you at the beginning if you can remember having any... You know, education in your training about it because I no, think it's just yeah. such. It's I mean, like we used to be with breastfeeding. It's such mixed messages that we're giving about sleep mm, from various right. sources. That actually we need to yeah. we need to standardize it. Um, yeah. You know, mm-hmm. and make it much more. You know, in line with the current research that's available. Um, yeah.
1: I mean I suppose if people are looking to try and find a kind of a standardized line that they can advocate in their practice I guess do you use the basis resources much or yes um, I do and because I, I find them. a
2: lot of the a lot of the textbooks available and obviously I've got lots of them you know you have to pick through for your um for the bits and snippets that you're going to sure. actually use because a lot of it is really outdated so yeah sure. I I tend to sort of cobble together um from lots of different areas but bases are mm-hmm. obviously excellent you know mm. and everything everything is lullaby trust uh you know yeah. safe sleep They've as well great yeah so there's there's actually um you know trying to get good information uh, can be quite tricky but there's the australian perinatal um psychology website as okay. well which has got some useful info um oh, you know no, they well, got we'll get a, that from the, you
1: and put it in the blur. yeah blurb they they've got a, a lovely look. little um
2: a, lo- a lovely little graphic which is um a, again i can i can send it to you but it's it's great for, for parents to see and it's just about how um you know i the mum looking at the baby and so oh, i wish you came with a manual and then the baby's saying <laughs> you know just watch me i am the manual and oh, you know it's just a really but, yeah. sweet little graphic um yeah. that that they came up with so again yeah, reassuring yeah, like and yeah. parents
1: to kind of follow their own instincts like gen that totally. like you you were saying yeah earlier, yeah i think so we yeah. i think
2: unfortunately especially with lockdown and pa- and parents not having access to the sort of okay. usual sources yeah. of uh, support and advice you know they're going to google a lot more and i mean so i, so, I yeah. i'm in some facebook groups sleep and i honestly i'm literally pulling my hair out half the time because um, it is quite you know little babies being left to cry and you know oh, ferberizing yeah. and yeah oh. it is it is completely oh, yeah. it's so prevalent out there you just um oh, it, it really makes your toes the,
1: curl yeah yeah absolutely that's one thing i learned from my cry it out research is how prevalent this kind of methodologies really are you know yeah even yeah. now, people are doing them all the time. Oh, yeah. The parents oh, yeah. that we're seeing are doing them all the time. I mean, so I've, had, really I've had a lady phone a me message. expecting me to say that
2: that's what I was going to do. Yeah, uh, sure. I never heard from her again. <laughs> oh, really? But mostly it's the, the other way. I get the parents on the phone who don't want to do anything like that. Um, sure. So that was quite unusual. But, um, yeah, it, uh, it is. Lovely. She said, well, won't that take ages? <laughs> 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 Oh
0: God. Yeah. Have you have you fully researched how effective cry it out is generally?
1: No. no. It is a as Well even these kind of they're quick fixes and short term kind of answers because, you know, we know the kind of patterns of night waking will reemerge with a cry it out methodology, even if it works quickly, it's not a forever fix anyway, but um I suppose when people are at their lowest ebb, and, and sleep really can take you to that lowest ebb, can't it? Mm. People are looking for an answer, and ultimately, yeah. we're not set up as a society to support families in the way that they need supporting to enable people to parent in the way that they perhaps want to. So, um,
2: yeah, it's there's a lot of unpicking to do. Um, you know, often often I'm working with families that are um, desperate to not do anything at all that would obviously cause mm. you know issues with their attachment or anything mm. but equally you know that they're, they're struggling with their work commitments because they can't um they sure. can't stay awake and so so it's just supporting parents and not um not no there's never any judgment um mm. and helping them get often it's a compromise often it's a yeah. you know it's not it's not sleeping through the night but i find with with working on bedtime and settling there and bedtime you know hygiene sort of you know the, the mm-hmm. whole the, the short routine you know often that can be quite amazing how that yeah imp- impacts um you know and often they'll just sleep so much better for you know six mm. hours or whatever um and and even that's enough for parents to feel like they've they've made progress. They're getting some solid sleep.
0: Mm. Um, so
2: it is. It's yeah. just about unpicking, unpicking everything, and um, you know, coming across from a point of no judgment, but equally, this isn't realistic mm. expectation. So.
1: Mm. Yeah, it sounds really challenging, and I think that's what I really remember facing in practice as well. And I imagine there'll be lots of health visitors listening, identifying with that kind of feeling of a parent wanting an easy, quick solution, and you knowing that really anything you give is not going to be the answer that they're perhaps yeah. hoping for. Yeah, and, I and that's where empathy comes in. But I guess it's, it's challenging, isn't it? Yeah.
0: Do you think there's anything when when we have parents coming into clinic and reporting sleep issues do you think there's any bits that we miss opportunities Mm, that miss to ask particular questions of the parents that we could we should be asking that maybe often aren't asked that could hold the key to sort of those those little yeah I mean I think it's
2: really one of the things that really is effective with um getting into a bit of a pattern and trying to encourage more daytime sleep can be what time they wake i find a lot of a lot of my um clients are often you know having a lie-in because they've had a bit of a rough night maybe so they Mm -hmm. might be they might be sleeping in and then but it's kind of a bit bitty sleep it's not you know so Mm -hmm. what worked when they were little you know often if you're Feeding lots during the night, and you know that works mm-hmm. brilliantly to have a line. But as they get bigger, actually they don't. Their we, their weight windows need <laughs> to be. They need to be awake for longer to build up that sleep pressure to to fall asleep easily for naps and bedtime. Yeah. So that I would say, sort of having a having a sort of set time to wake up, whatever that is, because obviously I, I work with different cultures as well where they go to bed later and get up later um Mm -hmm. so whatever that is but trying to have a sort of roughly 11 12 hour window at night time that's roughly the same that can be a really that can be that can work quite that's an effective thing so rather than you know one day getting up at seven and then another day getting up at nine just try and stick to a bit of a a rhythm works for adults as well just as effective for us um so i'd say that's something to you know just it's a quick question isn't it you know um what's your sort of what time do you get up? What time do you is bedtime roughly? Mm. Um, and obviously, this is very age appropriate because with little, with tiny newborn babies, you know. I mean, I work mainly with ten months and yeah. above. I would say, um, but you know, that sort of getting into a bit of a rhythm with bedtime and bedtime routine can really help um, set set a good sort of sleep scene, if you like. So that would be one thing. Um, yeah, I mean, daytime sleep often often parents forget that as their babies are getting bigger and older they're needing you know you need you can't put them to bed maybe at nine anymore in nine in the morning for a first nap you know if they're starting to resist naps um, because that can cause a lot of anxiety then Mm. try a bit try a bit later you know just Mm -hmm. give it give it a half uh, you know give it half an hour see if they see Mm. if they fall asleep more easily then so that again that can be a quick thing to look at and with older children as well, that I find parents often try to put them to bed too early. Um, mm. So they'll say, oh, they don't, you know, they take an hour, an hour and a half to go to sleep. And then, you know, they're messing about, jumping around. And actually, it's just because they're not tired enough. And then perhaps trying mm. to put them to bed at the same time as a younger child, a baby, um, mm, that, that is yeah. in the house. So that that's worth looking at sometimes, just saying, well, what time do they normally fall asleep? You know, if it's actually, if they're always asleep by eight then maybe make that the new bedtime so that they feel successful again that they've at that time mm. they've been able to fall asleep more quickly and they're not seeing bed as the you know time when they're struggling to fall asleep and it becomes sort of an anxious place to be because mum wants them to go sure. to sleep so sure, i, I mean, so I I know, that's that that's, that's yeah so making both, bedtime both maybe a bit more is for me there's a lot of what i do is working out what's age appropriate um
1: and yeah, you know sure. that's with the naps bedtime wait time all of that really that's the challenge i suppose and i yeah. guess it's so different babies are so different from one another aren't they mm. really like oh. there's huge variation in normal within an age group so uh, that's a really challenging thing to do And I think, yeah because again on on websites you will see Oh, I set, know. So you know, this
2: nonsense. is the weight window, this is how much sleep they need, and yeah. you know, hey, again, hours and, oh. these are the sleep consultants that have just been on a quick, you know, however yeah. many, however many week course, but yeah. actually don't have that experience and breadth of knowledge yeah. that actually, you know, like you've said, failures are also different.
1: And it, yeah. like you said as well, looking at your baby rather than, you know, anything else really, their cues, I suppose, are the most reliable indicator of whether they're tired enough to go to yeah, sleep absolutely. rather than yeah you can't, time can It's it
2: this, this sort of <laughs> almost obsession with trying to fit into the time routine that the Gina Ford mm. book says. Or, you know, whatever. Oh, I know. <laughs> whoever, and then whoever whoever if you're not, is. then you're
1: failing. Yeah, yeah. because of course Instead some babies do fit into that. Instead of looking at what baby's that. naturally doing. Yeah. And then going right, okay, let's try and build something around that. Um, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Can be, can and feel more successful for everyone. Yeah, it's and really and sensible. unfortunately,
2: because mums aren't at the moment able to go to baby groups and things, they're not seeing the yeah. whole. They're not seeing a variety. Yeah, Yeah, you're
1: right And Mm. do you find there's a lot of kind of permission giving um, in your work as well Because I wonder whether people have kind of very strict ideals for themselves Around what's allowed and what isn't allowed In terms of like, you know, they should be in their cot They should be on their own They shouldn't need me, you know I'm not allowed to hold them and cuddle them, I'm, I should be, all of those types of things, when actually they're saying to you, actually, I, I want to cuddle them to sleep. Yeah. Like, is, yeah. is that
2: allowed? You know? Yeah, 100%. Yeah, it's, it's constant. Um, and parents always start a conversation, not always, but it's often, oh, I know I shouldn't be doing this, but. Yeah. And oh, uh, I mean, that strange. was the same when I was health visiting, you know, it's always, it starts yeah. off with them thinking that you're about to judge what they're doing.
1: They're saying it with this very hesitant expression, like, yeah. "I know
2: you're gonna tell me yeah. off right now, yeah. but
1: sometimes,
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> do this." It's like, it's like, like Great, the advice. That's wonderful. <laughs> it's the advice around. Um... <laughs> Co-sleeping and breastfeeding now, yeah. You know, as has that message got out to to health visitors generally? Do you think that it's, it's I, okay? I certainly
1: hope so. We did an episode over a year ago now, Jen, in Safe Sleep Week, um, yeah, about um safer co-sleeping and bed sharing, yeah. safe seven, and all of that type of stuff, and talking about how we should actually all be recommending people understand at least how to bed share safely. Um, so that because we know majority of people will do it at some point and it's yeah. much better to do it with the information than without um, It
0: feels like the issue with that is though that so many health visitors personally would not do that sure. and I think a lot of them have a real difficulty splitting what their personal feelings are mm-hmm. with what there is reliable evidence mm-hmm. for and I think the same thing happens a lot with Um, infant feeding as well it's that thing of they they, there's this really very personal barrier Mm -hmm. Um, especially around if they've been there done that themselves it's that thing of you know knowing yeah you always have to have in your head you know I did the best that I could with what I knew at the time and that actually if that evidence and guidance has changed yeah. then i have to adapt to, to go, my advice that i'm giving to other people that accordingly. And, yeah. and without
1: carrying any personal guilt about that yourself i think you're right yeah. so often the negative kind of um comments that people are giving are rooted in their own feelings of insecurity perhaps about what they yeah. did um.
2: yeah 100 percent. yeah i remember when i was a health visitor newly qualified um in bristol and i um I went on the UNICEF baby friendly training so it was mm-hmm. years yeah. years ago I actually went down to London to their headquarters for it and when I came back I was so sort of full of enthusiasm and set mm. up a breastfeeding clinic at our local surgery and one of my health visitor colleagues said oh well if you're doing that we'll better set up a bottle feeding one as well then you know really sort oh. of like well you can't treat them differently and i said well you know (laughs) you know and i just that was that really old fashioned sort of um yeah not really getting what Mm, we were trying to do and yeah that was very prevalent as well oh dear
0: um is there anything else
2: i mean one thing i've jotted down to sort of help help health visitors out maybe is um there is a sleep charity i don't know if you're aware there's the children's sleep charity they're based in sheffield yes. But oh yes they're, of course they're really Excellent. good resource yeah. especially if you've got children um with scn and things on your caseload they're, they're very sort of good on that mm-hmm. kind and of, you can phone them up parents can phone them up health professionals can phone them up so they're a good resource right. as well and obviously mm-hmm. free um
1: right. so that was one thing i wanted to say um that's really helpful is that i mean obviously we've got so we've talked about basis already and the children's um charity sleep ch- charity that you just mentioned yeah and you also mentioned the australian um one so i'll put links to all of those in the blurb for this episode so people can look them yes. up but if there's a health list to listening to this i imagine if i was you know listening to this i could be thinking this Um, where can I look for more resources and how can I actually educate myself more on this issue because I know that it's a topic I'm perhaps lacking in Um, is there anywhere that you could signpost people to or that you have other than those things we've mentioned
2: it's a really good question
1: Um,
2: because I'd say that there isn't anywhere specific that I would recommend because it is also, I mean, obviously bases are excellent because it is is all age appropriate and you know research based but a lot of it a lot of it um is there's still some controversial stuff mixed up with the with the with the relevant you know helpful stuff so i think you have to take what you need from things yeah but people are very welcome to email me quick questions or um i'm obviously on instagram as well so we can put I can let
0: you know. Um, But yeah, I don't mind people asking. It helps me,
2: it keeps me on my toes as well if I'm answering That's really kind of you to throw that
1: out there. I mean, the other thing I was thinking of, Jen, was that um, webinar that I went to. I believe that's still available um, on YouTube for people to watch. I I imagine you probably saw this, Rosie, the um, Helen from Basis ran a a webinar on, um, I believe, I'm trying to remember the title of it. Um it but was did you, you watched it?
0: it and Helen Ball,
1: the title. Yeah, yeah. Helen yes. Ball yeah, from yeah. Basis. And it was it was about anthropologically normal sleep. I believe that was the title of it. it to do no, with I, I um, don't
2: I haven't actually seen it. I was but I oh, go and see it was that us, so.
1: brilliant I mean a lot of it you will be aware of I'm yeah. sure already So it was fairly kind of um comprehensive, and I found it really very 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 helpful so um we might even do a separate episode on it, maybe, but I'll definitely yeah. put the link to that in the blur because there was a lot of really interesting things that she talked about around a lot of the stuff we've talked about really um she's talked a bit about sleep pressure and um kind of um a lot of the problems with actually the expectations that parents have mm. and how they don't necessarily line up with um, what what babies naturally do and are evolved to do, and also mm. how from their research they found that um, what babies are actually doing overnight when they monitor that sleep with that actigraphy, actigraphy if I can say the word, you to say. Um, <laughs> they, um, they found that what parents were reporting their child did in terms of their sleep was actually very different from what the child was doing even so oh, um wow. that presents a whole new world of issues doesn't it i guess yeah um and they they were talking about a sleep baby and me program that they're recommending and then they're starting to pilot and i believe they're going to be running some training on um for practitioners um which seemed to be mostly around empathy um, kind of really supportive, listening, therapeutic kind of approaches, alongside expectations and um, a bit of kind of sleep hygiene, like you were saying. Mm-hmm. So it sounds quite similar to what
0: yeah,
1: we've
0: been talking yeah. About. yeah, yeah. I'm good. I'll be it watching does, that. It it does always feel like we're um, we're really underdoing our antenatal support and care for families, isn't it? Yeah. Because I think there's so many areas where we just don't get done and even families who are doing the nct classes and other private antenatal classes and things it still feels like there's just not quite the i don't know it just feels like we're not quite getting the pitch right i think think it's very frustrating i
2: agree with you kind of yeah yeah i think i think we need to we almost need to to we need to overhaul it like we have done breastfeeding advice really don't we it feels mm. like you
1: know it's just uh, yeah. you know affects everybody so yeah, you're totally right there's nobody that it doesn't
0: that it isn't relevant for <laughs> no it's actually exactly. no yeah It just it just feels like we must need antenatal care to look really holistically mm. at everything the family needs i mm. think so much is focused on the medical model of the midwifery care and the checking the health and things which is so important mm-hmm but it just feels like there's so many opportunities to actually really build confidence and knowledge mm. but then i suppose as well for because that would be something completely new actually building trust in families to or to families to trust in doing that yeah. would be so tricky as well and it feels these days like yeah much as you have a lot of parents calling you wanting quick fixes i think government local authorities oh, all want everybody wants quick, quick fixes fix. as well
1: <laughs> they only tell that no they one's got patience <laughs> <Absolutely> anymore <laughs> well quick fixes are also cheap aren't they but as we oh, know yeah cheap Allegedly. is expensive in the long term and
2: health promotion yeah. is always the first thing to have budget cuts Get the so, yeah mm,
0: exactly Exactly, yeah. and that's what it is, isn't it? It's health promotion.
2: It's you know, m- mums and dads' mental health um, being Absolutely. affected yeah. by sleep yeah, yeah. and you know anxiety Hugely. around it. So yeah, it's, it's the whole family, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because so I think what I um what I find as well, especially on Instagram and things like that, is I, I'm reading a lot of um. A lot of there seems to be two camps. There's your your sleep consultant, you know doing that's that's perhaps not got a background in child health um that's saying do do these quite um draconian things and then Mm -hmm. you've got you've got the the sort of um very much attachment parenting model saying don't you Mm -hmm. dare do that and then you've got the poor Mm -hmm. parent in the middle who's trying to work their way through um all of it yeah. and i feel that's and where yeah. i that's those, where yeah. i come in because i'm sort of trying to get the the sort of there isn't you don't have to be ext- you don't have to do those extreme things to get the things that actually might help you function better in the day and you know and oh, yeah. i'm you know for instance promoting naps for mums that's just something that i go on about the whole time actually you know when they're when they're very young how do you how do you actually function on a day-to-day basis when you know that you will Mm. be sleep deprived it goes with the job you know rather than Mm -hmm. trying to look at all the things that you think can be fixed which even though there's nothing broken um actually it's about you know helping parents manage that sleep deprivation at the beginning and unfortunately again yeah. locked down all the perhaps the, some of the things they would have um been deploying well haven't, haven't mm. been yeah. um haven't been around but yeah so yeah. it is it's a it's a i feel like i've you know trying to trying to be somewhere in the middle um yeah to that's help. a really good point mm. And that's what health visitors are doing, isn't it? You know, that they're actually doing. We can't be too ideological. You know, we we have to be practical, don't we?
1: Yes, that's so. Yeah. That's so true. That's exactly <laughs> it, isn't it? That is exactly it. Because you know you have an ideological standpoint, perhaps, and you know the research base, but actually you have a parent in front of you asking very hard questions, yeah. and you know that yeah. actually they are desperate for help, and you want to help them. So it's how do you kind of negotiate that that difficult yeah. balance? But yeah. um, that's a really good point. Naps for I mean, we talk, we bang on, don't we, about sleep when the baby yeah. sleeps. Um, What do you say when people say, because I get a lot, um, oh, I can never sleep in the day, it's a nightmare, I can never sleep in the day. (laughs) That's what everybody says to me when I say, how's it going, you know, and I try to sort of gently suggest perhaps nap when baby does. Yeah,
2: I um, really, I tell them not to put any pressure on themselves. I just say, Mm. take that half an hour to go and lie on the sofa, take a magazine have a drink maybe put some rubbish tv on and just not think about mm-hmm. it and just see what happens because actually you're mm, yeah. pretty tired especially after lunch we have a natural sort of dip in alertness then so that's a great mm, time yeah. if you can persuade them to you know and even if it's just at the weekend when there's somebody else around maybe but just mm-hmm. pro- and I always say it's actually part of looking after your baby because if you're feeling yeah. okay then you can help help them more Mm. so it is you know I I I do I have read a lot about adult sleep as well because it is all impacts on 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 what what I'm doing Um, and I like to bore my children as well sleep and (laughs) growth hormone and you know all that kind of thing so yeah no i am i I, that's what i would say is don't put pressure on yourself it can be something that after a few days you might actually quite get into you might actually this is really good for me and you know particularly if you're breastfeeding you need to rest um you know get Mm. help, help with your milk supply by resting you know it's trying to Mm. Trying to put it in a way that they don't think they're being selfish, that they should be doing all the other things. Yes. Um absolutely, you know, yeah. rushing mm. around bit. I, I remember it so vividly myself thinking, oh, you know, it's six o'clock and I'm barely out of my dressing gown and you know, it, we put so much pressure on ourselves to be perfect. Um mm. and I don't think that's that's you know, that we again that's societal, isn't it? Mm. Yeah, yeah,
0: absolutely. But, yeah, I was I, would... I was literally saying that to her mum yesterday. Talking about, you know, take, take that nap. You know, if you're naturally having a longer nap in the daytime, especially sort of if they seem to have frequent feeds at night, yeah, take yeah. that, <laughs> take yeah, that yeah. as a sign to just have a bit of a nap. 100%. And yeah, I, I always say, you know, just lay on your bed with a podcast, or yeah, you know, mm, get if, yeah. If, if someone's bought you some no of those, pressure. Sp- I love um, and If you've seen space masks, you can oh, get I love them. Yeah, <laughs> no, yeah, those on your yeah. eyes, they're so no, yeah, because yeah. because actually, it's, it's at the end of the day, we
2: know it doesn't last forever. So actually, having a messy no, house yeah. for a few months, you know, who cares? Especially yeah. now, no, no one's coming around to yeah. see it at the moment,
1: anyway. Are they? A few years. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah, a oh, few again. years. Yeah. Oh, thank you so much. It's been really lovely. That's a chatting pleasure. To you.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Really Thanks so much, much everyone. Here. So, um, oh, oh it's no, been it's brilliant. Um, so, if you want to. Follow us on Instagram, we're at I am a H uh, V, we're on Facebook, um, which is our pages I am a Health Visitor, or you can email us, um, I am a Health Iamahealthvisitor at gmail.com. And yeah, we would love to hear from you guys. And as we said, all the information, any useful links we mentioned are all gonna be in the blurb. We sure are. Thanks so much for Thanks. listening, everyone. Thank you, Thank bye.
1: you, bye.